Welcome to Real Estate and Coffee. My name is Joel Arndt. Here's some Canadian real estate news while you enjoy your morning coffee. Good morning. It's Friday, November 15th, 2019. This morning we have an update on affordable, uh, housing affordability throughout Canada from Huffington Post. We have a story of how a local, well, local for me, uh, Hamilton Church is contributing to affordable housing in our city. And I have an interview from the Wealth Hacker Conference, another interview from the Wealth Hacker Conference. I'm really enjoying these. I loved doing them, but listening back to them has been really neat. Getting a spread of a wide shot of an invest what it's like to be an investor so anyway let's get to that interview okay what's your name and what, how would you like people to get a hold of you so my name is scott zanbergen and uh you can find me on uh, facebook or instagram and you can email me at szanbergen at gmail.com that's s-z-a-n-d-b-e-r-g-e-n at gmail.com perfect so what's your favorite investment strategy so I'm a buy and hold uh, investor. I really like the Burr strategy though, I like to refinance and pull some of my money out when the project is done. Um, I do a lot of duplex conversions. Cool, awesome. Uh, are you financially independent? I am really close to financial independence. I still do work a corporate job, but um, let's just say I need the job less than maybe I did two years ago. Absolutely, so what got you to the place where you're at now and what's gonna get you finally to financial independence? So I've just been doubling down on, uh, on buying property and uh, recycling as much money out of those properties as I can as I renovate them and as I force appreciation, I'm getting great rents. Um, and so the cash flow from those properties is what's pushing me closer and closer to that uh, number. So yeah, I'm almost there now. What do you think will close the gap? One more property. There you go. Yeah. I like that. That's awesome. Okay. So do you think you should rent or own your primary residence? Depends on your situation. I mean, I personally, because I have a family and I'm established and I have some kids, I like owning for pride of ownership and, yeah. and that those reasons. Um, if I had a different um, personal situation, I could I could see the benefits of renting as well. So I think it really depends. Okay. Yeah. And cash flow or appreciation? I'm 100% cash flow. Yeah. Uh, appreciation to me is is the gravy, and we we you can't count on it, but it is absolutely uh, nice to have. Yeah. Um, but if, if you're investing for cash flow, I think you're more insulated from the ups and downs of the market um, when interest rates go up or whatever, right? So I, I always invest for cash flow. Beautiful. Thank you, Scott. You're welcome. Appreciate it. Affordable housing will be the theme for today for sure. But before we get to the Huffington Post article, here's a bit of what's happening in Hamilton. Indwell is ready to build 200 affordable housing units in Hamilton. Well, in Hamilton, Woodstock, London, Norfolk County, and Mississauga. They have the infrastructure, like the organizational infrastructure in place, and they have the connections, uh, the construction uh, connections and architectural, like they just, they've all the plans, everything, it's ready to go. They just need the finances. You know, something I've noticed is, especially when it comes to really, uh, to, to people who have built their wealth from the ground up, or even just people who truly believe in real estate as, as a wealth building strategy, when you talk about rent geared to income, or when you talk about affordable housing, 
it's very easy to get our backs up and get defensive. And that's understandable. Of course, when you talk about something that is contributing to your future as being a problem or someone accuses you of being a problem because you are offering a service to the community, an essential service to the community, but at, at a fair value, and, and especially if you your units are upgraded to, you know, um, a better than fair market expectation, then yes, you, ch you charge a premium. So whenever anybody talks about this housing crisis or they talk about landlords being a part of the problem, that's a hefty accusation that, that not many are really going to even listen to. But I think there is an opportunity for landlords as much as we are already providing a solution. There's an opportunity to step up and chip in on a deeper level. Asking more of you, you damn straight I am. Because there is there is a gap. There is a pressure felt by those who are not equipped to deal with it. So let's get them the tools, mentally, emotionally, and physically, uh, skills, to deal with these pressures. And you know what really helps the most? When people actually show up and support. Physically there with these folks who, whether it was, whether they are in an impoverished situation of their own because of their own actions or it was forced on them because life's a bitch, doesn't matter. When people show up to backstop them, that's the ultimate motivator. So here's what I'm asking for. Houston Street Baptist Church, they're a church, they've, they bought a new building, then they tore it down because they believe in serving as deeply as possible. So not only are they building a new sanctuary and community center because they already serve the, the Hamilton North End with food, with clothing, with youth programs, with educational programs, services to single mothers and all of that, like very practical, very Christian, Christ-like stuff. So they bought this new, they, they bought this building, tore it down, and are building a brand spanking new one to upgrade their, upgrade their footprint from 8,000 square feet to 30,000 square feet. And then they're adding 47 affordable housing units on top of that, which Indwell, who already has, who's already ready for 200 units, add 47 units to that for... To, deep, to serve their community in a deeper way. So we can show up. We can show up. I mean, obviously, if you're in even Toronto, you're not showing up physically, but that's not the point. The point is we need to enable Indwell 
to serve in a, in a deeper capacity because they're already doing it so well. So $1,000, personally, I'm giving every month, $10,000, $100,000. Houston Street's actually done extremely well with partnering in partnering with Indwell, with the government, with different private donors and, and tr trust funds. They've done extremely well in raising uh, over $15 million already. Nope, I'm lying. It's not quite, it hasn't, it's, but it's over, it's, it's over 11 million because they need 5.7 million still. I'm going to get you exact numbers of how much there is, but they needed a total of $17 million when they started this project. And then the tariffs on aluminum went up. So it increased at that point. So it's more than 17 million that they, in total that they needed to raise. They've already surpassed that 11 or $12 million mark because they only have to fill 5.7 million dollars now that's a huge gap for a church a church of maybe 120 people maybe because they're they they serve so well indwell serves so well houston street and their pastoral staff and and their community members have such a good reputation in that community indwell has a pristine reputation in hamilton people believe in them Let's get them the rest of the way. Email me, recoffee at joelarnt.com if you want to set up a meeting. I'm serious. Let's get you talking to the leadership at Houston Street Baptist, to the lead, to the directors of, uh, of Indwell. I want you to see... Uh, I don't know... Um, I know the I know the leadership of both organizations. I've met them all before, but I've actually I played hockey with uh, the leadership at Indwell a lot, and these are solid, practical thinkers who are serving a very human need. I want you to meet them. Email me. I'll set up a meeting. Or if you just want to give, if you just want to donate, $100, $500, $1,000, whatever it be, uh, there'll be links in the show notes to do exactly that. Let's step up. Let's add our might behind the momentum that these organizations, these communities have already created. And let's help them cross that finish line. On that subject of affordable housing, here's an article from HuffingtonPost.ca. Housing affordability in Canada has been improving for nine straight months, NBF. Affordability improved every in every major Canadian housing market in the third quarter of this year, marking nine straight months that homes have become cheaper relative to incomes, National Bank of Canada says. The bank's latest quarterly housing affordability survey that the national found that the national cost of housing has returned to its long-run average of 43% of average income. But that does not mean that the situation is back to normal in all metropolitan areas, National Bank economist Matthew Arsenault and Kyle Dams wrote. 
Despite some welcome progress in the last three quarters, the situation remains difficult in the two largest markets by housing market value, they wrote, referring to Toronto and Vancouver. Houses and condos remain well above their average affordability in Toronto, as do detached homes in Vancouver. But condos in Vancouver, where house prices have been falling for two years, have returned to their long-run long affordability level, the report found, which in Vancouver's case is still pretty elevated. But this improvement could be short-lived, with mortgage rates declining over the course of the year, home sales have heated up and house prices are again rising faster than incomes in many parts of the country. The Canadian Real Estate Association reported that home sales jumped 15.5% in September and the national average house price rose 5.3% to $515,000. It's the strongest price growth seen in several years. Surging population growth in Canada's largest metro areas, coupled with leveling mortgage rates, should limit the scope of further improvement in home affordability, Arsenault and Doms wrote. Oh, that's it. I didn't realize that was the end of the article. Yeah. Surging population growth in Canada's largest metro areas, coupled with leveling mortgage rates, should limit the scope for further improvement in home affordability. So there were a lot of measures put in place in 2018. It sucked back, um, at, you know, I don't need to go too much into detail about the stress test. It sucked back uh, prices in a lot of um, Canada's more heated markets. And uh, at that time, incomes continued to grow. So of course, you know, affordability is going to improve, but anything's a stinking improvement in this in Canada's economy right now, like in terms of housing affordability, the the pace at which appreciation is heading in the Toronto area anyway, like Southern Ontario, anything's an improvement in affordability. Now, Vancouver's a different story. It's definitely, I think, prices have, the, the, the price decrease has slowed. <laughs> uh, so they're still seeing a decrease, but they were also the most, Vancouver was also the most vulnerable and the most heated, so it makes sense that it's taking a, a little longer to recover. I think what's interesting to note is, okay, let's take Hamilton for example. Hamilton was a very, very blue-collar city, and all of a sudden it's becoming an upscale um tech and finance city. Um, medicine was always, a, healthcare sector was, was always pretty strong, but that's actually really increased in the last five years. And so what we see are a lot of, uh, the, the income level is definitely increasing here, but that blue collar, that, that blue collar worker demographic never left. It's still here. But the blue-collar jobs, I keep saying blue-collar, and I don't even know if I'm referring to it correctly. The the typical manual laborer or, or assembly line worker or industrial worker, they're still here, but they those jobs don't, there aren't half as many jobs as there used to be even, you know, five years ago. Well, that might not be true. Five years ago was pretty rough. 
So you have this one demographic that was used to a certain way of living, used to a certain price point and uh, cost of living. And you have this new demographic that's been probably exponentially moving in. Um, started out slow, slower five years ago and has really ramped up in the last couple of years. People who are they are prof they're working professionals where they have degrees in engineering, architecture, in medicine, in technology, um, in software, you know, in IT. They have very specialized skills and they get paid very, very well for it. And so they're paying more for their houses, for their housing. House prices in Hamilton have skyrocketed in the last three years. And 2018 put a ding in, in, in the appreciation and that's about it. It's it's soldiered on. Toronto's no different. I mean, Toronto sank a little bit, but it's already recovered. Most of southern and southern and yeah, southern Ontario is like that. So you have an entire demographic that's kind of that feels like they're being pushed out of the cities they grew up in and were working in. And whether you think whether you care or not. The point is, there is a group of people who are left to adapt to a very to a changing atmosphere, a, a changing environment, one in their hometown and in, in an area that they grew up in or that they got used to that became home, and so that's why this housing affordability thing is such a big deal. Now, uh, Hamilton's probably the bright spot for housing affordability because people who wanted to live in Toronto can't and they're moving to Hamilton. Now, people in Hamilton complain about, uh, complain about it, so they're moving to Brantford <laughs> or Niagara. <laughs> and that's natural. See, I don't have... I think the appreciation in Hamilton is good. I think the, the growth that Hamilton is seeing is good. But there is... This is something to watch, because if incomes, if prices outpace average incomes, then we have a problem. So it's good to know that things have stabilized. Um, Statistics Canada released their, no, sorry, CMHC released their uh a report last week i think um where they evaluate how vulnerable each major housing market is and toronto and hamilton uh finally backed away and i think vancouver finally backed away from uh being overheated the red zone and the yellow zone now but still you know cautious but so there have been improvements and we want to see we want to see Opportunities for everybody to increase their income as well as upgrade their living circumstances. It's a complex issue. It's not going to be solved overnight and not everybody is going to be happy. I don't want everybody, not looking for everybody to be satiated. What I do look for is ways to help people increase their income. I'm actually very passionate about that. And I don't, if you can find a better job, sweet, I'm, I don't know how to do that. What I'm 
studying and learning about is how to increase it of your own volition, entrepreneurial skills, build a business, serve in a way where you can demand, give so much more value that when you ask for more, a higher price, people don't balk at it. I'd love to hear what you think. Do you think housing affordability, this housing affordability crisis, quote unquote, is complete BS? I'd love to hear it, honestly. Joel Arndt, sorry, recoffee at joelarndt.ca. So recoffee at j-o-e-l-a-r-n-d-t dot C-A. If you, if there's someone that's constantly talking about housing affordability, send them this episode. I'd love to get their feedback as well. If you want to get Canadian real estate news every morning, Monday to Saturday, subscribe to Real Estate and Coffee on whatever podcast app you're listening to right now. And I'd love to reach, uh, I'd, I'd love to, to reach more Canadian uh, real estate professionals from developers to realtors to mortgage brokers to insurance agents. Anybody who touches real estate on a regular basis, I'd love to reach more of them. So if you can rate and review Real Estate and Coffee on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rev- review and uh, give us some feedback in the, re- in, or give us a five-star rating and give us uh, some feedback in the review. I'd really appreciate that. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen. It's Friday. Enjoy your weekend.